Well, as if those numbers weren't bad enough, headlines in uh, Business Day and elsewhere today, Kumba says it will start a Section 189A process, which could result in 490 job losses. Amplatz says they are restructuring. That could result in 3,700 workers uh, losing their jobs. But a much, much bigger problem may well be awaiting that part of the country, and we're speaking principally of Mpumalanga, that has over many, many decades uh, depended on the coal industry, both the mines themselves, the uh, coal-fired power stations, and all the uh, associated uh, businesses and small industries linked to that particular part of our mining sector. New research published in the Journal of the Southern African Institute of Mining and Metallurgy, I referred to it yesterday when we were chatting to the DA's Matt Carter, says by 2013 we could see a negative impact on the livelihoods of 2.5 million people, all of this around the coal industry. So what is going on and is there anything that can be done? Because we're talking here about a fundamental seismic shift in the lives of half of an entire province, I think it's fair to say. Dr. Megan Cole is a research fellow at the University of Cape Town. She studied this for a long time and is our guest now on 702 Drive. Dr. Cole, welcome and thanks very much for your time. What's going on here? Is this an industry that should be doing better but can't get the coal to the ports? Or is there something more fundamental happening that suggests over time and a fairly short space of time, uh, coal is simply not going to be a viable industry anymore? Yeah, thanks, John. Um, yeah, so we've got about 70 coal mines in the country, and most of those are in the Mpumalanga. Um, but what's, what's happening there is we've been mining coal there since 1890. Um, okay, yeah, Dr. Cole, I'm sorry to, to cut across you. Line problems, not great. We're going to sort that out. We're going to update everybody on the traffic and we're going to pick up on your conversation right from the beginning. 702 Drive. Let's get back to our conversation about the massive challenges facing South Africa's coal-producing areas. Most of them are on the high felt of Mpumalanga, some in Limpopo as well. I'm not sure if there's still some coal in uh, parts of KZN. But we're with Dr. Megan Cole, who is a research fellow at the University of Cape Town. Dr. Cole, you were, you were starting off by just giving us the overview. I think you said 360, million, uh, 360 coal mines in the country and then we lost you. So why not pick up from the beginning, if you will, please? Yeah, sure. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, we have about 70 coal mines in the whole country um, and most of those on Pumalanga. We do have a few still in uh, KwaZulu-Natal. And interestingly, a lot of those are anthracite, which means they often get exported and used in steel manufacturing, whereas right. most of Pumalanga's coal mines um, are used. There's thermal coal and then that's used in the coal-fired power stations. Um, yeah, so we've got most of these these mines and most of our coal-fired power stations all situated in, in Pumalanga. Um, but so what what the research looked at, one of the aspects was was the communities, the people who live a, who live nearby, um, who are both supporting those mines and plants with with through workers, but also the the service industries are supported by them. And so that's where the number of about two and a half million people live in these communities, right. um, coal communities, um, and will be directly affected uh, by, by coal mine closures. Now, the, what we see in the data is the closures are going to happen over time. So 
they're not all going to close overnight. Yes. And this is largely, so yeah, it's driven by two things. The first is just the natural life of the mine, which is uh, how much coal is there, but also the economic and the financial and the technical factors that surround that. Um, and because we've been mining since 1890, um, we started in, in Whitbank in 1890. Um, so it's 130 years of coal mining right. in Mpumalanga. So we're just running out of it. Um, but then there's also obviously the, the climate change imperative where we really need to reduce our CO2 emissions. And so that's hindering investment. That isn't closing mines, yes. but it's me- it means there's, there's limited investment in new mines. So is this is it that we are unable, that the coal is running out, that would be a physical fact, but is it also, is there another variable which says uh, we're running out of coal that can be profitably mined? And that then brings into play questions of the increased costs of getting it to a port, for example, having to use road instead of rail. In other words, if we had a government that was running core infrastructure better than it is, uh, by how much could we extend the life of some of these mines and, and with it perhaps extend uh, the economic, reasonable economic circumstances of that other two and a half million people who depend on these industries? Yeah, so big is really the Waterberg and the Sotpansberg. So up in Limpopo is where most of our sort of future coal would lie if we were to uh, expand coal mining. Right. Um, and that is a very dry area and it's a very biodiverse, uh, biodiversity sensitive area. So, and the transport, like you say, there's very limited uh, transport infrastructure. So actually a lot of um, sort of feasibility studies will show that this isn't actually economically viable. Um, because of all those factors. Uh, but then there's also the, the global pressure to reduce our carbon emissions. I mean, South Africa is the most dependent country on CO2 in the world for our electricity. Um, we have the highest uh, CO2 intensity. So we, there's really a huge amount of pressure to change that. So we really need to be shifting to renewable um, yeah, it's what the data shows is that yes. we don't need to prematurely close the mines that we already have because they are going to come to their natural uh, end of life. But that is going to be happening on a regular basis over the coming decade and few decades. So I'm I'm curious to know. I mean, if we if we are to create other economic opportunities for the people whose livelihoods either depend on family breadwinners who are employed in coal mining or perhaps are involved in some kind of downstream or upstream supply uh, to this particular industry. There's, there's talk about a just energy transmission and people get new jobs in things like renewables. But I would have thought there's no guarantee on that. I mean, for example, it would seem the hub of certainly solar energy is not in Pumalanga at all. Uh, those jobs are mainly going to go to the Northern Cape, aren't they? Yeah, so that's a, a complex issue because of our transmission grid. So while the best solar and wind resources are on the Northern Cape, um, solar power is pretty good across the country. And so we could be installing solar in Pumalanga. And that uh, is beneficial because of the, um, because you're already right next to the grid. Whereas the Northern Cape, we have to extend our transmission grid at huge cost and time. Um, so that's actually hindering rollout of renewables um, at the moment. Wind is, is different. There's only one... Part yes. in Pumalanga, 
um, that is suitable for wind and it um, poses quite a threat to the the bhakti or the bird life, particularly in that area. Thank you so much, Dr. Megan Cole. She's a research fellow at the University uh, of Cape Town, uh, joining us here on 702 Drive. Yeah, I mean, do, do, do you live in that part of the country? Do you have family members in the part of the, that part of the country? Maybe you grew up in one of those coal mining hubs in South Africa. I'd love to hear from you uh, what kind of uh, impressions you're getting from family members who are still in places like Urchis, for example. That's one that comes to mind. Witbank uh, is another. Middleburg would be a third. And there are plenty of, of, of others as well. Uh, are people starting to say to family members, listen, there is no long-term future in this town. If you're involved in commerce there, do you stick it out for as long as you possibly can? Uh, and then you, you know, move on and do something else. I'd really like to hear from you about that. Uh, give us a call on 11 and 72 